0: Time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins, on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right,
1: here we go. Four o'clock hour. Reno's in Vegas. Of course, with us, all of the Vegas Valley. You can reach us on our Finley Kia text line, 69187 69187. Code word is ESPN. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota studios. We're here at the Battleborne Broadcast Center. A lot of pops to start the hour. That's good. It's good. It's good for the football season. Uh, Justin Watkins in today. Nice enough to do an extended spot as we have a lot to get to on the legal front. Maybe a little bit of fantasy football. I don't know what that was you did last Saturday. Uh, you don't like it. I'm kidding. I, I actually, I barely looked at the teams afterwards, but we'll get into it a little later. Probably in the five o'clock hour, uh, but very busy day today. We'll see if there's some breaking news before we get out of here. We're going all the way until 6 o'clock, so Justin will be with us. And we'll also have the debut of another regular on the show, uh, Jill Painter-Lopez, who is working with the Sporting Tribune, and Arash, really good voice of LA. So we'll talk a little uh, Dodgers later on, and uh, maybe this will make your your skin crawl. We're going to talk USC as an Oregon State guy. So uh, we have some Oregon State audio coming up a little later. I want to get your reaction to that. But let's do it. We start off the hour with the big Fordham on.
0: Battleborne Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number Four.
1: All right, surprisingly, I did not find this one on TikTok, but it is a, a TikTok like story. I saw someone tweet out You better not miss a car payment. Ford has filed a patent that would allow self driving cars to drive away from owners who can't keep up with their payments now self-driving cars are not that widespread yet but it could be the future
2: could be yeah i mean
1: self-driving cars
2: are not spread at all not even widespread not spread right you know they're only allowed to operate under very limited circumstances in the right kind of weather on on designated areas so we are a ways away from this but uh you know i i kind of go back and forth about it number from a legal perspective having somebody be able to take your car without due process, you know, what if they got it wrong and, and they could just, you know, link right in there and take your car, but from the other side of things, it's probably a less confrontational way of repossessing a car than what happens now, right? And Slip it in the middle of the night, guy takes it right out of the driveway versus, and there's no due, no more due process in the current situation, so I, I think this is one of those situations in which, I, I hate to say it, the world's going to make rules and laws after the technology already takes place and yep. then they'll and then they'll figure it out they be like oh that didn't work that was terrible so there'll be you know some broken eggs to make
1: some omelets you know who's the guy on the show right now demond myself or you who would actually use a car that will drive itself oh i yeah i have i would i would, you do, would it. do it yeah for as, sure. as one of your main cars for sure by the way it's, i said cars because you know justin have some money so we could afford it. It was a sidecar. <laughs> no. If if I could
2: have a self driving car right now and I could like get into the back seat and go, I would absolutely do it. You would trust the safety? Oh, I don't know if I. I'm, I'm saying I gotta know that it's. I gotta know that it's safe. I gotta know that it's safe. But I don't want to drive. I used to like to drive. I, I drive too much now. I don't. I don't want to drive anymore. Yeah. And if I could be in the back oh. and doing work or checking my phone or doing whatever I'm doing, I'd much rather be doing that.
1: I'm with you on that but I really am a control freak. And, you know, there might be some rage issues. So that would be the positive of having a car drive itself. But I don't know that I'll be bought in. Damon. you, would you actually allow a car to drive you and feel safe?
0: Oh, yeah. But I think I'm more likely to miss a payment. And, you know, <laughs> I would be upset if my car was, you know, gone when I woke up. Because I, I would be I the person, you got to give me another week. Maybe my car didn't process right.
1: I don't want to say it, but I was actually going to ask that question. <laughs> next. <laughs> if you're a miss the payment guy, um, I mean, it does happen to people sometimes because all oh, that's electronic now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I will say, uh, like, I do miss alerts sometimes on stuff like oh, it just gets, you're getting
2: alerted it, on everything. We, all get, the time. we get
1: so many alerts and I'm like, wait, what happened? My
2: garage door, you know, alerts me now. I got I changed out my garage door opener because right. it was my house is 22 years old, so it's you know some things need to be changed i had a garage door broke and then i'm just replacing the motor they replaced this whole unit this thing's got a camera on it it's constantly alerting me it's Do you like, like it or too much I, i've never looked at it like so the alerts pop up i, I just turn the alerts off i mean i'm not going to be maybe when i'm gone for like a, on a vacation or something and there was an alert popping up i'd be like oh wait a minute and i would check the check the video but I've never checked the video.
1: Do you think people who miss car payments on a regular basis would be more responsible with a self-driving car on their payments, or would it be exactly the same as they are now? I mean, the threat is real. This is not like, Oh, I can get away with it. Cause they're not going to, what are they just going to come over and take it? And I don't see it like this is real. If it happened down the road again, Ford's trying to do I, it, but
2: I'll give people the benefit of the doubt and say, when you get to the actual point of repossession, it's usually not, uh, you know, uh, intentional. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, there's nothing they could do. They can't make the payment. It's not like they forgot. It is intentional. You know, they they don't have the money.
0: Number
1: three. I like football coach speeches. I want to see what you think of this one. So, John Harbaugh and the Ravens really take the preseason seriously. They had 125 in a row. They lost. And then Harbaugh decides to launch into, like, you guys don't really understand the game, which I – I get annoyed by, but I sort of get what he was saying because I also cover a lot of football, and I don't like what people say about the preseason. Fire this. Preseason games that people want to write write about, some of you in here, say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the field, and yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me it was meaningless out there, what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? I, I can't respect anybody that says that doesn't matter win or loss okay I, I do I do hate when people say that it's meaningless because there are guys fighting for jobs and there's guys on the cusp and other teams could be looking at them now as far as you have to win the game that's another debate are you putting your players in jeopardy by having them out there longer scheming more are you giving things away I you know the one thing that does irk me though is constant football coach speak like, no one else in the world has any football-like conditions at work. No one else is fighting for their job. No one else is on the brink of disaster. Keep in mind, a lot of the guys who are in football, you've made it. You made a lot of money to this point. And even guys who are at the edge of the roster, like, there's a lot of us. We're, just, we're strapping for freaking 40 years working. So I get annoyed at that sometimes. And on top of that, I, I don't – where did John Harbaugh play in the NFL? Couldn't someone fire back and be like, you didn't play in the NFL, so what do you know about it? Oh, college is the same. Well, then guess what? High school is the same, and so is Pee Wee. I know it's not. But a lot of people, like, I don't know who the writers are. But in some cases, maybe they were high-level athletes. Like, what if he said that to you? You were a pretty high-level amateur wrestler. Like, bro, I fought. All right? I didn't fight in the NFL. But I fought for survival all the time. I understand survival. Well, I just
2: hate I hate this speech. I hate yeah, it. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it rubs me the wrong way because... Number one, like he is framing the issue himself and he's not citing specifically to an article or what is being said. So he's he's reframed it. And you guys are saying none of this matters. Like I guarantee you, nobody said none of this matters. And you're saying you think it doesn't matter what these guys effort that they put in to try to make this team. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's writing an article saying these players don't matter. Their effort in pre-season games don't matter. What they've been saying, if anything, I imagine in and around Baltimore is the win-loss record and the 25-straight probably doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as far as being an indicator to whether or not this team is going to be a winning team or not. So, he just it to me it's manufactured outrage. I've decided I'm going to be upset and then the the irony of it all is you're dictating this like you don't know what it's like to have to survive to a room full of reporters who are just like barely surviving all the time papers are cutting and folding and they're firing and You know, ESPN cut, you know, a third of their wing, you know, they're they're more likely to be cut than these players at this point. So to talk to talk down to them like they don't understand the significance of of daily interactions. I hated the speech. I hated the I hated the tone of it. I hated how he chose his words. I hated how he framed it. And, And to me,
1: it's like incredibly tone deaf.
2: Number two.
1: So the conversation's got a little more serious now with uh, Jonathan Taylor running back with the Colts. He's been unhappy. He wants an extension. His owner, Jim Irsay, really went out of bounds, I thought, and basically said, hey, you know what? When, when you're gone, we're fine, right? And we're not moving you, and we're not going to extend you right now. Now they've changed their mind a little bit, and they told him and his agent, go look for a deal. Could this actually happen? We went. We went the other day with Adam Candy. We went. I, I tried. I tried every team. I tried like seven different teams, and a lot of them are, you know, running back hungry, or they not running back hungry, but they don't have a lead running back, or they have a really young quarterback, so they have the money to bring in the running back. There has to be someone who's going to step up, and I'm not saying they're like they're not going to trade like a lead receiver or you know a number two cornerback for them. It's going to be essentially a salary dump with some sort of conditional picks. Will someone do it? I think so. I think so. I mean. <laughs>
2: You know, when when I saw these reports come out, I was like, man, maybe I should have, I should have tried to get him in I fantasy was thinking about it, and that because, we did a fantasy yeah, draft. And but we, he actually
1: he didn't go for super cheap. No,
2: no, they yeah. people well, I mean, pay cheaper
1: for... than normal. Yes, but he still went for a price. Yeah, I
2: mean, it was like a twenty percent discount, not like a sixty percent discount.
1: Know. I got Josh Jacobs at like a sixty percent discount. I, I didn't know. understand that.
2: There's no money left.
1: I think ahead. I think everyone actually froze. Yeah, I think every once in a while that happens in an auction league. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with But on Taylor, on ta-
2: like on Taylor, I mean, I'm, the the teams that came to mind right off the bat to me were Dolphins, Dolphins, Raven, Dolphins, Dolphins the Ravens. Dolphins it's, are
1: the favorite at plus two fifty. Ravens are third at seven to one. Bears are four to one with a running quarterback, but he needs all the help. But he they just get. drafted. They, I mean, the Bears have? Yeah, is, is Khalil Herbert really a? oh he just drafted okay. him. Okay. I, um, I don't know. Broncos don't have a lead back. And yeah, we, Broncos know, too. Yep. we know that Sean Payton, he might not like running the guy all the time, but he wants someone who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think the Cowboys would be silly at plus yeah, 750. Too. Commanders are kind of, you know, hodgepodge of running backs at 10 to 1. Bucks don't really have a guy anymore. They're going to try a bunch of guys. They're 10 mm-hmm. to 1. I think someone will step up, but the price has got to be right. Yep. If the Colts want... I See, I think what's going to happen here is the Colts are floating this. Yep. Like, get an awesome deal yep. uh, for us, and we'll do it. Yep. Kind of like the Chargers did. Totally. The Chargers weren't going to move Eckler. Right. Exactly. No, I think the exact same thing. I mean, the one
2: that... On, on the list that sort of intrigues me that you just said, like the Commanders, well, they've got some running backs they can send back because they, I mean, there's got a whole running back room, you know, and and maybe they would work fine for the Colts, you know, they get Gibson back. I mean, that's yeah, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would take, I mean, depending on what the other pieces of the deal are, right. those are both serviceable running backs to come back to the Colts. And uh, you get some draft picks and you get the
1: salary dump, it might, it might work out, but I wish I'd have drafted them. Number one. So when we come back, I want to talk about Tua because I liked what I heard from Tua yesterday. Uh, Devon sent over some good audio. It was a little bit edgy. but uh, So let's stick with the Dolphins because they're the favorite to potentially go and get Jonathan Taylor, um, which I, I think is fair because, one, they have room. They have a cheap quarterback. Two, if Mike McDaniel is a lot like his mentors in San Fran, we all thought they were just going to piece it together for years with just, you know, running backs who no one else wanted, and it's the system. They went and got Christian McCaffrey, and they paid him big money, so maybe McDaniel has the the same mindset. Should we be looking at the Dolphins for something a little more aggressive from a betting standpoint, like catching the Bills and passing them or really making waves in the AFC playoffs?
2: A little speculation
1: d- betting before they get John Taylor? He,
2: not, well, if, if, if there's really smoke to that fire, then it's not a bad, it's not a bad play, but... I'm not a believer in the Dolphins yet. And two, two is my quarterback because you took or who um, Burroughs got to take Burroughs last of the top 10 quarterbacks on the on uh,
1: the and, fantasy league. We
2: did. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm almost, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't spend the rest of my budget. So two is my starter, but well, maybe Dax is, I got two in Dax. Um, but to me, in until we know whether Tua can be healthy, healthy the whole season and whether or not they have a good running game, I, I just don't see it.
1: We'll continue on. This is ours brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Calling for anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766 1400.
0: It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on. You heard
1: it. Reno, Vegas. Justin Watkins is in for this hour and next hour. we got a lot of good things we're going to get to. Some Definitely some legal topics coming up. A lot of good questions we've been piling up from the last week. Damon is with us as well. So, Damon, you want to tell uh, Justin what I've been like the last couple of weeks on Aaron Rodgers, my guy, my guy?
0: That he's basically the best thing since sliced bread. He's the GOAT, the best quarterback of all time. You're, you're all in. He, Steve said earlier that Aaron Rodgers had a hat on hard knocks. I don't know if you saw that part where he pointed to the hat. Steve yep. said, and I don't believe him. Steve said he bought seven of those hats.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, I retail. Normally Steve would wait until <laughs> after <laughs> after they've lost they're and actually didn't make the playoffs
1: uh, in their own discount. What I meant is I'm thinking about buying seven in uh twenty thirty one when they're right. at the swap meet, <laughs> at the Broadacre swap meet, because that's where I got my hats. No, I actually I sort of chastised, it was a joke, chastised. DeMond in our number one because he was getting a little bit critical of Rogers and the uh, the insurance deal commercials, which, by uh-huh. the way, that deal is over now. Yep. He was making three million a year. He's out with uh, with State Farm. But you said something interesting during the break. And this is why Hard Knocks is cool because you get to see guys and then you can make judgment on their personalities and how they're acting if it's just for TV. But what would you say about Rogers? Yeah, it's changed
2: my perspective a little bit. It makes me like him a little bit more than I thought I did, but not, not entirely and not even from a majority standpoint of, how he's carrying himself or what he's saying, although he's, he does seem like he's very comfortable in his own skin and, and, and moving, you know, I do like how he, he clearly has a personality where he tries to talk to people, even people he doesn't know. Um, I am sure that's developed over the years. You know, he's been in the league 18 years. Everybody's got to look up to him. It's a lot easier to be cool with everybody when, when you're kind of the, the, the senior in the room. But the thing that really caught me was how in awe, his teammates are of what he can do and how he carries himself and how he makes throws and, and you know how he does play action and all those different things. I mean, they definitely didn't need to do that. And it seemed very genuine that they are like, dude, this guy is unreal.
1: Like we had never seen anything like this before. And that's cool. I mean, they haven't, it's been not, I'm not just talking about these players and I'm not going to go down, you know, jets history lane. Maybe we'll do that later in the week. Demon sent over a, I think the ringer did the, were they ranked 42 all-time Jets quarterbacks?
0: Not all the time. People... Since 1990, you guys have had a bunch. Oh, it was only 90.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my god. When people look at the list of quarterbacks, you're like, this is the most dreadful thing I've ever seen. It, it, like it's depressing, um, and it's also why I got, I'm, okay. One, I got so pissed off over the years with Packers fans who have no idea. Mm. They're I, they are so spoiled, and I'm, I'm not against the kid himself. But God, I hope the Packers suck, and I, heard, I hope Jordan Love just blows. Well, and then they're going to get a feel for what they really haven't had since about 1995. Demond, when were you born? 96. Demond's yeah. entire life, they had a top seven quarterback. That is incredible.
2: Their entire life, they had a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're both going to be that. You know, they're both Hall and of Famers. The Colts,
1: Colts. That's, what, had that's something exactly similar, was? except that Andrew Luck just was not. You know, a hardcore football guy. He didn't need it. And he's like, now nah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out early. But, but they, they still, had a 25 year run. But they still had and and, and they might be starting right in on a new one. I mean, Anthony Richardson, we don't know, Maybe. but he
2: could be. Maybe. And so I would like if he if he picks up and, and runs with it, then what? You got two years where you had Ryan and Rivers. That's it. You know, um, and but otherwise than that, you've had a top 10 quarterback if Richards were to turn out. So, yeah, the Colts and and the Packers are definitely uh, – they've been fortunate.
1: And your job in the NFL is to be in a position to find one of these guys. Sometimes you might pick them later in the draft. Like, hey, whatever the Chiefs saw in Mahomes to move up into the top 15 to grab him, brilliant. Because they didn't fall into his lap, and there were a lot of people who were like, what are they doing? But it's right. a combo of talent mm-hmm. and then maturity and leadership and the competitiveness and the ability to get – better and better it's it is a hard nut to crack and we were just talking about the dolphins so the dolphins could be in the mix maybe to get jonathan taylor on the cheap and then have a bell cow running back while their quarterback's not making a ton although Tua is going to come up here Uh, but i think you know unless Tua just absolutely blows up this year if they you know stick with him and resign him they're going to get him at a little lower number but he's one of those guys i'm just kind of wondering about and i want you to hear this and i don't know if you saw the video. But, Damon, was he getting criticized by someone on ESPN? Is that what it was? Was it Ryan Clark?
0: Yes, Ryan Clark. He uh, made fun of um, his physique. Tua's bulked up over the summer. But Ryan Clark said he hasn't been in the gym, he hasn't been listening to the nutritionist, and he's built like an, uh, a thickly built woman. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, here's Tua in front of the media responding.
2: I mean, I think we all worked hard throughout the offseason. Um and I'm not someone to talk about myself the entire time, but I mean, it takes a lot. You think you think I wanted to to build all this muscle like not to some extent, like I I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a little lighter. There's I know there's a mixture of things that people don't understand, that people don't know about, that are talked about, that go behind the scenes. So, you know, I'd appreciate if you kept my name out your mouth. That's what I'd say.
0: Woo.
1: woo, OK, one. Maybe Brian Clark has some good sources on this, and Tua hasn't been working. I think Tua is a bad body guy, mm-hmm. and there are bad body. I mean, Tom Brady was not a good body guy until he, you know, whatever he was doing with uh, Doc Guerrero. Um, I think a lot of it was hard work and diet, but he's just kind of one of those squarely built guys at five eleven and you know, north or whatever he is two twenty. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be like muscle guy, and nor nor does he need to be muscle guy. But let's just talk about how he handled that, because I don't I don't love my ceo my franchise quarterback to kind of be punching down but going after a ryan clark who played in the nfl for a long time maybe that's not punching down do you like that response or was that immature
2: i didn't like it 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 gave me a lot of uh russell wilson vibes actually where i didn't i didn't believe it i didn't believe what he was saying
1: why why was he looking to the side he kept looking off to the side like look in the camera yeah have a presence come on did you get those vibes too it just felt yeah it just felt like Like it was so, it was it, so out of normal or out of the ordinary for him. Yep. And then doing the, you know, keep my name at your mouth. Yep. Uh, I don't know if he, you know, he's doing an impression of Aaron Rodgers from a couple of weeks ago, which was yep. kind of a joke. I, I think Tua can be really good. Yep. Um, but I still think he is young, and I don't know that he's played enough in the NFL to command enough respect. When he did play, they they were really good, and he yep. was really good.
2: I just, I, I, if I got a franchise quarterback or somebody who I'm looking to pay as a franchise quarterback from my perspective it's like but don't even entertain that stuff you know like yeah. that guy's got a job to do and he's trying to entertain and that's got nothing to do with you right <laughs> yeah. like he's going to write about you he's going to write about other people he's going to write about yeah. whatever whatever sells and the minute you respond to that is you putting oxygen on the fire i didn't know ryan clark said any of this stuff the only reason i know it is because he responded that way and so people made a issue of it so uh you know i think when we look at um like Let's just go to the quarterback shows. You know, I thought Mahomes came off very mature. And he and he's fun loving and he's young and all that, but I think he came off very mature and how he deals with people and how he deals with the press. Um, I and I thought, um, Kirk Cousins is the same way, you know. Um, Mariota, they didn't have too much of those interactions. And I'd say maybe he didn't show quite the level of maturity. Um, but you know, from my perspective, that's how I'd want my quarterback to be able to handle those situations. If he's flappable by the media, yeah. I mean, how how's he gonna be in the games? How's he gonna be when teammates have issues? Like the quarterback, we're just talking off air. Quarterbacks, how they can turn your whole franchise, a lot of that's just personality too. Mm -hmm. It's not just performance on the field. How could you deal with the room when everybody turns to look to you of how to interact with these teammates? Like I I don't know. I just don't I don't know that he's got it. Damon, are we overreacting?
0: A little bit. I mean, how would you respond, Steve, you're a portly fellow, if someone said, hey, you're built like a, a thickly-shaped woman down below the waist? Just like, hey, if that's his opinion, if he thinks that I'm built like Kilman Kardashian, that's fine. That's his opinion. Or are you going to fire back?
1: I might fire back, um, but I might not. I I, uh, I I do a lot of fat shaming for other people, so I don't know that I could get angry. I'll, I'll throw out a couple of things here. Well, you know, actually, to address that further, there. So there are certain people, when I listen to them on radio, they have a presence, right? And I think everyone can tell, even though he bust on some of his topics and stuff, I like Colin Cowherd. And there are times after I explode or I, then I, I get home and I'm like, ah, maybe I crossed the line or maybe I was punching down. I'm like, would Colin do that? Does that sound cheesy? No. I actually, I like that's that. kind of the way I judge it. And I know there's a lot of people out there who think Colin is a clown. and I love I, Colin. I think he's, I just think he's. He's very like a kind of above everyone. It yep. just handles it. Doesn't isn't going to punch down. Rarely snaps and gets emotional. Um, so I would like to think I wouldn't do it. Can I throw something else out in here? Because I just saw uh, Tua mentioning it too. Not everyone from every background has the same build. Yep. But he did mention Samoans are built. A lot of them are built a certain way. Yep. And he's not a lineman, but so many of them are linemen. And, and this is not bagging on the women. Yeah. Like, a lot of the women, are they're, they're thicker, you know, bigger yeah. legs. It's a bigger structure. Yep. So, and again, there, there are some Owens who are, like, are freaking shredded yep. and, and thin and have that V-shape. Yep. Um, but he did mention in that culture, and it, it goes for you know, a lot of those countries. Um, you know, we, we talk about Hawaiians, too. And that culture, like, that kind of disrespect is not acceptable. Yeah. So so for him, so his reaction, like we may say, Hey, he's being a little mature. He's punching down. Maybe you don't do that. Well,
2: no, but up a
1: certain way. And you're like, Hey, we, there's a line. Okay. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be respectful, but you do that to me. Then something else is going to come out.
2: And and if he had addressed it that way, I think it would have been, it would have been better if you could say, you know, I don't know if that reporter is aware of you know the the sort of physique and the heritage that exists in the simone community and he he could have he could have addressed it that way right and and stood up for his community and stood up for his culture i think that that is totally fine that's a totally different thing the thing that just felt so weird about it is like you think I wanted to put on all this muscle? Like it, it was super uncomfortable. There's no, there's I was no like, muscle. You didn't put a muscle. They're saying <laughs> you have no muscle. And like so you like work out. that That's where I didn't I, I just it felt disingenuous. It felt like he had rehearsed it. Okay. And and it didn't feel like what, like if he genuinely had these feelings, then I think that it would have come across better.
1: Damn, I'm gonna have to go home and think on this on uh Damon. I don't know th- if was that a compliment? Was it portly, and then well, I don't even think it was like thickly built in the lower body. It was that that was that, that was sort of a dig? Might have to take a break, take a breath. All right, on
0: It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: So we uh, we were going a little long on Tua re- uh, reacting to Ryan Clark uh, ripping on his build and his work ethic in terms of physicality. So, Damon, we got a, a text, um, actually a tweet in response to this from Derek Rhino. I won't read the whole thing, but I'm intrigued by the end of it. He said, uh, on responses, the way people respond, he said, uh, Some things are cultural. Uh, tired of old white guys lecturing on the best responses. Were you thinking that?
0: No, not at all. <laughs> Okay. That's not um, where, that's not where my brain went. I just thought it was it maybe it came off as like disingenuous or inauthentic because he's a soft mannered guy, but maybe he doesn't know how to he's he's never been in a situation where he's had to like clap back at somebody where you're just hey, right. you know, I didn't I didn't like but if he comes out and says, Yeah, I really didn't like that, it kinda hurt my feelings, then everybody would be crushing him.
1: Yeah, I, I think responses and, and um dealing with adversity is across the board for lots of jobs. And it's not for old white guys to decide. I'm the old white guy. Um, What the correct response is. It really, I mean, this this discussion is open to anyone. If you're at a workplace, like who do you respect in situations where things get a little hairy or you get insulted? How do people react? Yeah. And it's like, it could be, it's man, woman, any race, um, any ethnicity. Some people handle those situations. Well, Um, sometimes yelling and screaming is the right way to go. I think, more and more we're discovering that you don't have to do that and it's actually counterproductive
2: yeah and i don't think like you know the old white guys decide i mean the old white guys get opinions too uh, and everybody's got gonna have their opinion of whether that plays to them right i mean on a football team those are the
1: guys who are going to decide exactly that's what i was going to say to the other offensive players to the defensive players um, and that is a freaking cornucopia of different people from different backgrounds. And if they ain't buying it, yep. maybe they're buying it completely. But if they ain't buying it, then you're digging yourself a hole.
2: Yeah, that I mean that's what I was gonna say. But in your in his particular situation, it's I, I guess my question would be for whom was he making the statement? Right. Was he was he doing it to protect himself? Was he doing it to protect his culture? Was he doing it to stand up to like the media on behalf of his team? Uh, was he trying to I- impress the coaches and the, and the ownership group to let them know that he can, he can stand up for himself. I don't know. Whatever those motivations are, I think matters over who you think the audience is. I don't know. I, I to me, it just, it just seemed like, I like said, I like his feelings were hurt. Like he was, he, somebody was challenging his work ethic and he didn't like it. And if that's the only reason you made the statement, then I don't think you should
1: make the statement at all.
0: Well, oh, real quick, guys. I, I had
1: the same opinion about Derek Carr. I thought he paid way too much attention to media. 100%. And fans and punched down, and I don't think it was a good look. I don't think it was a good look at all Yeah, uh, with his teammates. What do you got, on
0: Oh, we do have some texts, and I'm glad that someone texted this, bin because going back to the Big Four, what if the self-driving car is parked in a closed garage? I thought about that, too, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot, but I was not alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, the car is we not, not going to drive through Self-driving
1: cars uh being repo the car would just drive off. In yeah. the future, Ford's trying to get a patent on that.
2: Yeah, well, it's not going to drive through a door or over kids or <laughs> but but I bet what it would do is when you went to get in your car in the morning, it wouldn't start for you. It wouldn't let you leave.
1: What if uh, what if one of your kids fell asleep in the back seat?
2: And, could it, yeah, could right. it sense that there's a, yeah, that well, there's someone in there?
1: I mean, my car senses whether or not there's people in the car. And if it did mistakenly, could you then uh, sue Ford for kidnapping? For first? sure. Yeah, you could do something like that. So well, yeah. these are real life situations, Amanda, No, <laughs> you don't need to laugh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just don't think that those things are. You know, we're, we are a long ways away right. from from any something like that happening.
1: You I know, think. it's a fascinating topic because mm-hmm. you know there's a bunch of people out there who are like, oh boy. I miss a lot of car payments and i've had people come by to repo the car a couple times imagine in the future if the car was just like yeah that's it start up and leave well it's funny we because your that new garage
2: door opener i was just talking about it has connect you can connect it to amazon so that when amazon comes they they will oh, open really? it and put your boxes in there so like uh, no. you know exactly i mean i didn't connect that but you know now the ford car can connect to your garage open itself and get out with <laughs> it on repo
0: For ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Go Field Company rolling on towards the uh, 5 o'clock mark here on a Wednesday. We're at the Battleborne Broadcast Center. Justin Watkins in this hour, going to stick around for next hour as well. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota studios. All right, some legal stories to get to. know we were talking about how you approach adversity how you deal with things boy it's a rough existence now we've talked about this a lot coming out of covid where everyone's amped up and uh you know food prices are higher people go into restaurants and whatever you know coffee joints and they're a lot of them are just more amped up they they don't feel like service is good they're mad because of the prices but it's probably not a good thing as a service person to be sitting there yelling and fighting with someone i mean if you have to actually defend yourself it's one thing but de-escalation is probably the best thing or just walk away. I mean, what do you do in a situation where uh, one of the restaurants up on the strip, I guess it wasn't Gabagool, which would be awesome. Cause we could say that 15 times, but I guess some prosciutto or prosciutto fell on the floor and someone slipped and fell. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is legit, right? You can, I mean, if you seriously injure yourself, it's well, lawsuit time now. Well, With potentially, I
2: mean, slip and falls and, and lawsuits like that are, they depend heavily on the facts because if you get rear-ended in a car accident out there it's no doubt who's at fault uh i mean 99 times out of 100 there could be some weird circumstances i can break check anytime i want (laughs) right so no no, but 99 times out of 100 like everybody knows who's at fault it's just a matter of what the rightful damages are well when you go into a restaurant or any business and you slip and fall on something and, and legitimately it's there and you legitimately slipped on it and you fell and you hurt yourself that doesn't necessarily mean you went like they you have to prove that they number one that they were uh either aware or should have been aware of the condition and failed to warn you about it so for instance you slip and fall on some water where they cleaned up you know around the bathroom and they have a big yellow sign right there well they've done pretty much what they could do. You, you have to clean the bathroom. You can't not, uh, maybe they closed it with some tape. You know, now it gets funny when you start dealing with food um, in places where food is always there. The most common one you'll see is like in a supermarket in the fruits and vegetable aisle, stuff gets spilled over. And what our argument has always been as lawyers in those situations is you are under constant notice. That this is ongoing. You don't get to say, well, that piece of lettuce has only been down there for 12 minutes. We sweep every 30. It's like, no, you know, oh, really? you have to, you have to be aware. Okay. Now, there's no law that says that. That's just the way we present it to the jury. Is this stuff is happening constantly. And when you're in a buffet type of situation or you're in a in, in a restaurant area that's got a bunch of different counters and everything, everybody, there's lots of people walking around and there's food falling all the time. You need constant sweeps, constant sweeps. It's not the case. No, of course not. A lot not. of places I look
1: down on the floor and I try not to do it, but I'm like, wow, what's going on here? But
2: in today's day and age, most of the time, we've got it on video, right? Yeah. Like, so we, we have the video. We pretty much can identify when the thing fell. We can identify how long it was there. And, you know, if it was minutes, seconds, then you probably don't have a case. There's, there's nothing they could do. They can't prevent all spillage. You know but they but they have to um be under constant surveillance is the best way to put it
1: Seven six six fourteen hundred is the number justin Watkins, 775 in the north offices in uh, reno and henderson and las vegas i root for the strip we need it to do well we need yeah. it to have a good reputation that's how we survive here that's how they survive in reno with a lot of properties there we're seeing stories the last i don't know six weeks now we saw a bed bug story that's embarrassing for vegas now we're seeing a claim from some Arizona tourists who came into town and they found a live bat in the room. And I guess the, the claim is maybe there's some issues after the room got cleared. Uh, this bat case. Yeah. What does it sound like?
2: doesn't sound like a great case to me, unless they were bitten by the bat, which they did not allege their, their whole claim surrounds the fact that they didn't test the bat for disease after they cleared it out of the room. And so I guess from my perspective it is so so what, unless, unless, are there <laughs> unless air, you're a
1: airborne diseases that yeah. can spread. And if it
2: breathes on you, yeah, I guess, but, but you got to catch it. You can't just be fearful of catching it. You've got to actually catch it. Otherwise you've got no damages. So I, I don't know what the hell they're doing other than maybe they're trying to set up the fact that they've destroyed evidence for some claim later. If something goes wrong with All these right. guys, if they have some health issues, but it's, uh, I don't,
1: I don't think it's a good claim that you'd see bring your thoughts as a former public servant an assemblyman. When you see stories like this on the strip, do we just look at it like, Oh, that's isolated. It's just a small issue. Or when you hear about bed bugs, you hear about a live bat in a room. Is it unfair to jump to a conclusion? Like feels like things are kind of getting dilapidated at some places. And the upkeep isn't there. Like, what are we doing?
2: I mean, if you want the truth of the matter is from a, a public servant standpoint, nobody's holding the resorts accountable the resorts run the public servants not the other way around i mean what the resorts want they get and what the strip wants it gets from a you know legislative and public policy standpoint that's that that's my experience that's what i see it it's never a situation that it, when i serve that the resorts wanted something that they didn't get or didn't want something that didn't the bill didn't die so like for these public servants to then be like hey you know, hotel chain that runs as a strip, you, you guys need to do better because it's embarrassing. You know, they're going to come to you with like, dude, we're the only reason this, we know what we need to do in order to maintain people here and our visitorships through the roof. And yeah. And so you, you're, you're, out of your element here don't talk to me about what we need to do for our customers so i just don't think there would be you're ever going to see a situation in which they're held to account for something like that by a public servant
1: uh you, you talk about how much power the uh, the people on the strip have uh, we do have whatever you want to whatever the term is the 800 pound gorilla is coming to town in the form of a giant bowling ball No, right that's the sphere no. and i have no idea at this point how much james dolan has you know involvement because they've got all these different divisions but that is an msg property jimmy dolan is the knicks owner did you see this deal with dolan are the knicks suing someone in the league yeah. which apparently is really unusual like the league settles that internally or the commission will jump in or they'll bring in arbitrators this is very out of the norm for one team to be suing another team what's it about 100 percent. this is really interesting actually too
2: i'll be interested to follow this case along so in essence what the knicks are saying is they had a person who's in charge of um maintaining the files on scouting and video and 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 maintaining their what they called third-party proprietary software system for these kinds of analysis of games and teams and that person left to go to the raptors but in doing so like, downloaded and transferred tons of files, sent it to his own personal account, and then sent it on to the Raptors. And in some situations, actually sent emails from his Knicks' email to his Raptors' email. Oh. And so the Knicks are claiming these are trade secrets, that it is what gives them a competitive advantage, that not every team operates under these same uh, situations in the same way. And they, they, uh, you know, swear their employees to secrecy. They maintain employment contracts. They do everything they can to protect and make sure that this process is in house. And so clearly they think that the own internal arbitration sort of program is insufficient for them to get justice. Now, what makes it interesting yeah. is there are clearly federal laws that are at play here. So i don't know that a court would mandate them to go to the arbitration program even if it was in their sort of association agreements because of the uniqueness of these laws but that being said i don't know how they're ultimately going to prove their damages i think dealing with the teams internally is much more likely to get the raptors punished and like draft picks and fines and all that if they go through the federal court system, I just don't know how they figure they're going to calculate what their damages are. We would have won more games if not. They have to prove that then the Raptors shared it with other people and that that information has been used against them and they lost a competitive advantage. And how you can calculate those into wins and losses
1: and playoffs and not playoffs and tickets and not tickets, it's that's going to be almost impossible. Now, because Dolan is a litigious guy. The Knicks are involved in stuff like this all the time, including being sued. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy who is going outside of the normal scope to sue a team in the league. He's also the same guy who apparently directed team employees and security use facial recognition to ban attorneys who were on suits against them from coming in the building. Which, by the way, I watched your documentary. Did we talk about the follow up on this? We have not. Coded bias. Coded bias. It's three years old. I hadn't seen it. Man, that thing is awesome on facial recognition. The room for misuse and mis IDs and abuse is incredible with facial recognition.
2: Not even the room; it, it's it is being abused.
1: Yeah. Like there, there is no
2: doubt about it. It is being used for commercial profiteering, and that
1: be- that, that was the other great angle. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. That was the amazing thing is that you. And others were yelling at me last year about TikTok and China spying on us. You get to a conclude. Watch this documentary, folks. It's really good. You get to a conclusion in this, at least one side of it, where the 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 picture that's painted is China is a surveillance state, but their residents know the U.S. is a surveillance state, but we have no idea how much we're being whatever surveilled survey whatever it is yeah we have no idea how much we're being watched and what it's being used for it's incredible the violation of our rights
2: yeah i mean i watched that and i was like oh we gotta do something about this i i mean (laughs) i literally started i literally started texting some uh, legislators in nevada i'm like you guys gotta watch this documentary you you, this is this is unreal what's going on and i actually have a potential case where this is this is a real thing in in the hotel that was using facial recognition accused my client of being a known prostitute she'd never been to nevada before she was her first time visiting they detained her they handcuffed her and then ultimately figure out oh actually it's not you go ahead and go after you know better part of an hour oh that's nice yeah and what was what made me watch that documentary in the first place is this was a black woman Mm-hmm. And they are the most likely to be misidentified with facial recognition, upwards of thirty percent, depending
1: on the software that they're using. And so, I mean, well, it got it, down, it's, it's it, outrageous. It, it's, it got down to that algorithms the, and AI. It's still an extension of a human being, and their biases go into this, you know, supposed neutral computer programming. It's well, neutral it, all it, the
2: time. The programming is only what's been done, right? So, that's if that's you're true. trying to make progress towards changing the past. AI will not do that. AI reinforces the past and does not make change. For instance, Amazon used it, and this is in the documentary as well, Amazon used it to go through resumes in order to pare them down to decide who they're gonna interview and do jobs. So they put in all this information, next thing you know, any woman was completely excluded never made it to the to the interview round and what they ultimately figured out is because in the history of Amazon right. 86% of the employees were all men right. so the the computer looks it's at that and goes bad. you know what well yeah. then 14% is a fail rate we're just not going we're not going to consider women yep. that's a waste of time we are about efficiency we'll only consider the 86% so that's what ai does it doesn't learn from the past
1: It reinforces the past. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we got Kurt Warner, uh, sort of like Dan Marino that we talked about earlier in the week. Some of these guys who are not that old, out of the game, talking about kids these days and the game back in my day. And we will uh, heavily get into the conversation that John Fisher, long interview he had with the local papers.